Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. All right, what's going on? Next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. And, of course, after the nail was in the coffin, uh, after this sweep at the hands of the Padres, the Giants... Uh, respond with a sweep of their own against the Philadelphia Phillies. And it even happens in walk-off fashion with uh, with Wilmer Flores uh, today. That's when we're coming to you here with our next episode after the sweep of the Phillies with Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. Glad you're with us. But it was awesome, Joe, that Carlos Rodon pitched well today yes. for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it leads us right into the discussion many of us have been having for a while about his future, whether or not that is with this team. And we... At Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys have exclusive audio from Carlos Rodon earlier this weekend talking about his future. So we're going to get to that in a second. For the moment, where on you? Where are you on the idea of if this is five years and thirty million? Uh, where are you on that idea? And and where's your confidence on Farhan to do something like that? Uh, confidence on Farhan. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm at because I feel like this one last year with Gosman, it felt predictable. Like ah, five years, 120, that's a little too rich for my blood. And I kind of felt him on this, especially for a righty, even though I thought that the splitter would age well. Rodon being a power lefty, and I just feel like I'm watching this guy. The velocity is through the roof still late in the season, and yep. he has another – Another 10 strikeout performance. To me, this guy has earned the money. Am I worried that he could fall off the cliff? Of course, I'm worried. There's no doubt about it. Of course, I'm worried. But boy, he's been absolutely unbelievable. 200 strikeouts. I don't care what era this is where more guys are striking out. It's still impressive. And it just feels like to me, more times than not, this guy hands the ball to this team with an opportunity to win on a given day that he's pitching. And they don't have a lot of guys that they can say that about. Right. Right. I mean, I if I envision five years, it's almost like I feel like at least one of those years is going to get blown up with an arm injury. Okay. But then again, I, it, that, that almost feels true about any pitcher. Yeah. Um, when I watched him today, the overwhelming thought was, I man, I just – I want this dude on this team. Yes. I want this dude on this team. I don't know if, if it will happen. I guess my hope in a perfect world – um, the market also looks at Carlos and goes, 
You know what? That's your first year of, of a healthy arm from beginning to end. And, you know, we're not going to do five or six. We're going to do three or four. And if we do three or four, then I think the Giants have every reason to play. Would I give this guy three years in 90? Absolutely. Yes. It's the five and 150 that scares me. But three and 90, if that's something that interests him, then then I would hold the Giants' feet to the fire and say, you got to do that. And free agency is so unpredictable too, Mark, because like I didn't have Corey Seager going to the Texas Rangers. Like I just didn't have that on my on my play sheet to start out free agency last year. And then boom, they come with a ridiculous amount of money um, that no one even saw coming. And so could a team, we always talk about the contenders, Toronto and the Yankees and St. Louis. And well, what about one of these random teams? Like, are we sure the Baltimore Orioles don't feel like they're one pitcher away? Are we sure that the Seattle Mariners don't feel like they're one pitcher away and I just keep watching this guy and I go to myself like man if the Giants didn't have this dude they'd be 10 games worse than what they are right now and one of these fringe wild card teams is viewing it like if we had Carlos Rodon we'd be in first place in our division and not be battling for a wild card so I'm really worried now as we get toward the end and we get that emphasis on premium pitching, I think he's going to be viewed higher than what we're even talking about right now. Well, rando teams do show up in free agency. They do. They just do. And this is a a good thing for the Giants and a bad thing. It's a bad thing because the rando team will, will show up and throw money. Yes. The good thing is, though, is, I mean, to me, it's proof about something that I think Giants fans are really worried about. I hear this all the time right now. Why would Rodon resign here? Why would Judge come here? Why would these guys come here when you look at the organization and, my gosh, they're terrible and they've got no good farm players and no good this, no good that. Why would they sign up to play here? Because they're the highest bidder. That's why. Yes. That's it. I mean, and I can give you names. Just in the last two to three years, you mentioned Seager going to Texas. Yeah. Marcus Marcus Simeon went with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Madison Bumgarner went to Arizona. Chris Bryant went to Colorado. Nick Castellano signed a deal with Cincinnati a couple of years ago. And then my favorite of all, Javi Baez this year yeah. signs a massive free agent deal with the Detroit Tigers who had a neon sign out in front of Comerica Park saying, we are rebuilding and and this is going to take a long time. So I I think the giants, if they do throw a lot of money and their reputation, which believe it or not is really good within baseball in terms of how they, they treat their players and and whatnot. I, I absolutely think players will come here. You just have to be the highest bidder. Well, I think the other factor that I always hear people bring up, like when it comes to hitters, well, they can't hit in this ballpark. Pitchers have proven that they can come here and have career years. It's happened over and over and over and over again. And so I I know we talk about being the highest bidder. And that is – look, I don't want to downplay that. That's an absolute factor. I feel like we underrate how much pitchers like pitching in this ballpark. Now, you got to have good defense behind them. But I I think it's tried and true. Free agent pitchers, veteran pitchers really thrive in AT&T Park. And Rodon's home uh, splits, they've been outstanding. Yep. Yep, absolutely. No, and 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 uh, to get to some of the comments we got from him earlier this week, um, our producer Sam had an awesome conversation with him, and and so I think this will put a little bit more of a face on the conversation we're having. So let's start with whether or not Rodon felt like this was a good free agent choice that he made. 
Yeah, I think change of scenery was good. The Bay Area is it's a nice area, a lot better than what I thought. You know, I didn't know what to expect out of California. The Giants organization is nothing but, I mean, everything. It, it's nothing below first class, let's put it that way. Um, they treat their players really well. So, yeah, I don't regret not coming here. All right, so um, some comments there about the uh, about the Giants being first class. A little bit of a wonky statement about California. Like, yeah. ah, I didn't know if I, I thought it was going to be weird, but it was better than I thought it was going to be. Right? <laughs> I get it, though. California, not for everyone. Um, I, I get that, depending yeah. on where you're from. But I don't know. How'd you, uh, how'd you, how'd you read that comment? Well, I, I do think, and I don't want to get geopolitical here. I, that's not what I'm trying to do, but I, I do think that there's a lot of players in baseball that may not necessarily understand the bubble that is the Bay Area in general. And, and that, that could be politics, that could be housing prices, like you name it, like diversity. There's a lot of different things that fall into that bucket. And it's interesting to hear someone from the outside like, you know, I was a little reluctant because that's the way I read it. I was reluctant. I came here and it's actually a lot cooler and better and I actually really like it. So that was encouraging but first class, that was the phrase you've been harping on from day one, how other people interpret the Giants organization, how agents, how baseball people view the San Francisco Giants first class. And I think that that's something that's ringing in my eardrums after I hearing that soundbite. Well, people get tired of hearing this, but here, here, here are the facts. And, and so when you talk about a playoff run this year, People don't want to hear about 107 wins last year anymore. Yeah. However, when it comes to free agency, I think it's a very, very important point. This idea that the Giants, and I hear this all over the place, all over our building, the Giants are 18 years away. Look at this. Look at this mess. No farm, no good players, no this. How can you be that far away? How can it be that bad when you won 107 games and led baseball 10 months ago? So can this turn back around in the other direction quickly? I absolutely, unequivocally believe that it can. So if your thought is free agents won't come because the team's not good, I dismiss it, Um, number one. And number two, I've already said, you just need to be the highest bidder. And number three, if you do want to know the reputation of the Giants around baseball, it is very good not just because of the way they treat people. I hope that all Major League Baseball teams treat their players well, but this regime has made people money. It has made them money, and that matters to players. These one-year deals where guys are coming in because the market has questions about them, and then the next thing you know, from Gosman to Pomeranz to Smiley to what Jock Peterson is now going to experience. There has been a steady run of people. You come in, even Alex Wood and Dee Sclafani, who got kept. You come in, one-year deal, boom, big contract. That's what guys really notice. And, and so I think that's going to be a huge weapon uh, for, for this team when they go into free agency. Yeah, I just think it's super underrated right now. I think that we're viewing it one way, and the reality is it's totally different than the way we're, we're viewing it. 
we should be listening to people like Hunter Pence because I was listening to him on the Apple Plus broadcast Friday night, and he was talking about how he had an interpretation of San Francisco before he got here, and it's totally different. And now he's ingrained in the community. Now, Hunter is like one of the highlight <laughs> kind of guys that came here, embraced the culture, and made it his own. Not everyone's going to be that way. There, there are going to be some A.J. Pruszynski's at time, but yeah. I love hearing that. And so that made me feel really encouraged for all the negativity. And one more thing I was thinking about, Bryce Hart who was a big-time free I mean, we're talking across sports, big-time free agent. When he was out there and he wanted to go to the Phillies, they gave him the most amount of money. And I'm just watching him. And I know he only played in a little bit of the game over the weekend. And I'm saying, God, that team can't pitch. They're a terrible defensive team. They've spent money left and right. He's their centerpiece. He doesn't seem happy. He doesn't seem comfortable. So as much as we got to spend, 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 you do have to have proper infrastructure. And that's something I was thinking about watching the Phillies over the weekend. As much as we go crazy about all these other things, buy this guy, buy that guy, make this trade. You got to have the right infrastructure in place. And when I watch the Phillies, I can't put my finger on it, but it's not right. Do Do you get where I'm going with that? Well, I yeah, totally, and I think the Phillies for a long time have been a team that that uh, that you know they've got a bandbox ballpark and they sign players that will work there. But when, when's the last time you were scared about the Phillies pitching? I mean, quite frankly, it, it, it was when the Giants played them in yeah. the NLCS years ago, and may he rest in peace. Roy Halladay was coming yeah. out, and you you know you had Cole Hamels, you had some people who were going to do. They haven't been able to pitch since then. No. And so the, the Phillies I'm never scared of for the same reason that the Giants season fell apart. Their bullpen is no good. Yeah. Like when's the last Phillies reliever you've even heard of? I, I like no clue what's going on out of there. And so well, they can hit all they want. They're not going to win in these playoffs. If they get there, they're, they, you know, this is going to be about the Mets. This is going to be about the, the Dodgers. This is going to be about the Cardinals and it might be about yeah. the Padres these are teams that 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 have you mentioned it. They've got a good infrastructure right yes. now, yes. and they're based on pitching and defense because that's what wins. And the Phillies have neither. Well, as bad as our bullpen is, at least we're not regurgitating Coonrod, who showed up Friday night. I couldn't believe it. I said he's a Philly, and they go, "Yeah, he's only pitched one inning, all you know, the one inning appearances for all season," and it was just. I mean, Coonrod was in the Giants' system for how many years? We heard about this guy. He finally showed himself, and he was terrible. So it just goes to show, as as mad and as angry and as frustrated Giants fans are, imagine being a Philly fan because they're yeah. supposed to win right now. Absolutely. Right now. Yep, yep. And they got the same two problems that the Giants have had this year, which is the pitching and the defense has totally let them down. Um, okay, uh, more from Carlos Rodon. Would you recommend San Francisco to other free agents? Pitching this to like a free agent, like I don't know. I mean, I would definitely. If someone asked me, if someone called me, like I'm going to tell them the truth. I'm telling the truth about the White Sox. I'm telling the truth about the Giants. I mean, yeah, like I organization wise, the, the Giants are, like I said, first class. Like you're not going to get a better places as far as like how they treat their players and what they do for players' families. And yeah, I would definitely someone asked me about it, I'd tell them the truth. And it, only, it, only, it would only be good things, I would say. Okay, so, yeah, I, I still, you know, we're, we're all searching for that, like, is this team headed in the right direction yeah. thing? And he's more talking about the city and mm -hmm. the class of the organization. But, listen, that's probably all he's going to talk about right now. I mean, um, interesting that he's even gone this far uh, to discuss it based on the fact that a 
he's got a few more starts to get through in a healthy way before we even know for sure that he is going to opt out and, and, and be a free agent. And then if he is, you know, you want to keep all options on the table. So he's going to keep this close to the vest, but you have to be somewhat pleased with what you hear him say. Absolutely. And if you don't think these guys gossip, I mean, you're missing it. Just like any industry, people gossip and they want to work where they know that their family infrastructure is going to be good. I mean, that's, that's the reality, especially in baseball, when it takes six years to hit free agency, these guys all have families or trying to start them. And so that family thing resonated with me. And then the last one was one of the things we hear that is difficult for the giants in free agency. There's the ballpark, this, that, the other, and then there's California, which we, we already talked about a little bit where he was like, yeah, I wasn't sure about going there. And a lot of that is not because of, as you said, politics, infrastructure of the city, everything our country's going through. What about something as simple as taxes, where you might have another team in, in, in Texas or Florida who's calling and they're like, you know, our $25 million a year is a hell of a lot more than their $25 million a year. So what did Carlos have to say about that? I mean, the tax thing, there's nothing that this organization, they can't control that. That's yeah. just how it is. I think that's something as us as players and as businessmen ourselves, like that's something you have to look into and, you know, know what you're getting into. And if, is it worth, is it worth that? You know, but that's another thing, right? That's like such a minuscule thing, right? Yeah. We're talking about taxes. Who, taxes are inevitable, like death and taxes, yeah, right? A- <laughs> Only two things. Like, who cares? No, that's- I mean, listen, I, I, I have not been able to walk in the shoes, unfortunately, of someone who makes $22 million a year. Um, and so maybe I would feel differently, uh, you know, if and when we get there someday, Joe. But I just I, I have the hardest time believing that when you're at that level of, of dollars, if that's the best offer on the table, I mean, are you really going to turn around and turn that down because of taxes? I mean, even if that is something that bothers you, the players union as a group is motivated by that dollar figure that hits the internet. Like how much goes to your agent? How much goes to the state? All that is what, what the players union wants is Carlos Rodon, two years, $45 million. That's what they want. Taxes, I don't know. We like, is that really going to stop you? I don't think it's going to, especially when you look around the Dodgers have landed free agents, expensive ones. Yep. The angels have the Padres have. So other California teams, we know the A's don't spend any money. Other California teams have one bid, uh, you know, bidding war. So no, I don't think that's a big problem. Does it help in Arizona or a Texas Rangers or some of the teams in Florida from Maybe. time to time? Of course it does to a little bit, but again, we're not talking about, hey, we're giving you $10 million less. You have still got to come to the table and be one of the highest bidders. Like, that's, I think that's the number one most important thing. You got to be on the same playing field just to even begin. Well, look, the evidence is right here. I mean, maybe it's a, obviously they're not offering very many contracts like this, but Florida is one of the states uh, that would be quote unquote. Uh, you know, something that's more desirable because of this. Yeah. They got two teams and they're not signing anybody Nobody. ever, ever. Nobody's going to those well, two and teams. And they play, and both Florida teams play in the AL and NL East. And so you're going to be in New York and in Boston and places that have high tax brackets when you're on the road. So it's not like all your games are in Florida. So it's a very layered thing. But I do think 
I think we overrate the tax thing because in reality, when has this ever stopped the Lakers? When has this ever stopped the Rams? I'm talking about all these other teams in other sports where the money isn't as good as it is in baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think that's going to be, uh, and it can't be, this is like, no. there's not going to be any of these things that, that the team is allowed to use as an excuse. And there were comments made by the guy in charge earlier today that we want to tell you about. So let's get to that coming up right here on garlic fries and baseball guys with Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. We're with you twice a week. We appreciate you being with us here and we hope you're with us for every episode. And the best way to do that is to go ahead and subscribe. Okay, Farhan Zaidi on MLB Network Radio today, quote, everything is on the table for us, including going out and being aggressive at the top end of the free agent market, end quote. What do you think? I mean, it's the right thing to say, but I got to see the labor. I mean, the baby before I hear about the labor pains, isn't that how the how the phrase goes? Like, I'm not going to be triggered by it, though. Like, I'm I'm really not because I think that they've said all the right things in terms of, yeah, look, we, we know. We got to be aggressive. We need to get everyday players. Like, what, what else does this guy need to say? If you're angry right now, you're just being angry to be angry. There's nothing that they can do right now until free agency starts, whatever it is, November 15th, December yep. 1st. I forget what the specific date is. Like, we're just going to have to see if this if this happens or not. And if it doesn't, if we go a whole offseason and all they're doing is the Connor Joe type signings, okay, then you, you're allowed to push the button and be triggered. Like right now, I just think that you're getting yourself worked up for no reason. And I'm happy he's saying this, but you do have to go out and implement sure. and actually land somewhere. Words are words, and, and it's going to take actions. But keep in mind, that doesn't mean the words are not important. They are. And, and, and when you're leading up a big-time business, you're very, very aware. If you're going on MLB Network Radio, you know exactly where your quotes are going to go. They're going to go straight to social media and get circulated. And you don't say something like this if you're not planning to actually move that direction, at least in some regard. I mean, think about how that's going to land with Giants fans if in April – you do come back with five more trades with the Mariners double A team. If you do that and you've got all these quotes and what happened this year, the Juan Soto experience, and if they don't get judge and if Otani gets traded somewhere else and they don't get in the trade Turner goes back to the Dodgers, all of that stuff happens and the giants come back and they're like platoon, we're going to platoon. It's going to be amazing. Just watch. I mean, they're putting themselves on the firing squad and yes. they know that. So I'm not asking you to take those words and go, yay, they're going to do it. I'm asking you to take those words and go realize what they, they are putting pressure on themselves by saying these things. And I don't think they would do that if they didn't intend to go out and have a very different off season than the last one. I, I feel like this was also a direct shot to Boris and not like shot. Like I'm mad at you as in like, Hey, Scott, I know who you represent this off season. Uh, one of them, Carlos Rodon and also Paige Audle and David Matranga who represent Aaron judge, like all these different guys that are out there. You're letting these agents know, Hey, don't, don't just take the contract extension from one of these teams. Come see me first. 
Test the waters before you even do anything. And I feel like there are a lot of guys out there. Nolan Arenado's going to opt out. There's options. I'm not saying I'm all in on all these guys, but this is clearly someone, if you do it on MLB Network, you're telling all the agents. That's the way I viewed it. Well, no doubt. You're you're telling all the agents. But Now, the other side to this, I do think, is that Farhan Zaidi, as much as he is the boss, is also a mouthpiece for the organization. He is sending out the message that ownership would like sent out. And ownership would like the Giants fans to know we're not cheap. And so that's great. That's great that you want to say that. Because if you're going to say that, and then you're going to run out an $80 million payroll, again, you're going to look ridiculous. Yeah. So it's wonderful that they send that message out. Now, all of that said, make no mistake, you, you can't now do that and even wait one more year. No. You, 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 you can't. No. And so th- what makes this offseason so interesting is with the message that's been sent and the words that have been said – and the record that is now being posted all lead to one thing. They've got to go get some wins this off season. And that puts them in a really, really tough spot because somebody has got to say, yes, the free agent market, it takes two to tango. They've got to get some wins out there. And then they've also got to do it in a smart way, which means you have to win and then it has to work. Mark, do you think – and, and that's a hell of a one-two punch. Agreed. And I'm sorry for stepping on you there. No, no, do no, you no, think in any way – I'm just not soul-searching here on this one, but could this be a backhanded coded message to some of these Lamont Wades, Mike Yastrzemski's, some of these guys down the stretch? Maybe it's an Elliot Ramos. Like, hey, guys, you've got about a month here to showcase yourself – because I'm about to go with this war chest of money that I have, and I'm going to try to bring people in. Or do you think that's – this is just about free agency. It's not about who's on this team. I mean, I would I would answer that by saying, I mean, this almost makes me think about <clears throat> the Trey Lance conversation that we've been having about Jimmy Garoppolo being over his right shoulder now. To a degree, it's like, are we under the impression that until these athletes – are told someone else is right behind you that they don't already know that these are the big leagues. And Mike Yastrzemski was left for dead for his first, you know, like eight years after his 20th birthday in the minor leagues. And so I don't think that guys like this need to be told that if you hit 200, you're not going to have a job. They know this. They know this. That's why their face has looked the way it's looked all year. Yeah. The pressure is real. And we're going to hear from Mike on that very thing coming up here in just a few minutes. Um, they're fully aware that they're going to lose their jobs if they don't start hitting the baseball. So I'm hopeful that in a weird way, um, sort of falling out of the race allows them to maybe stop thinking about, you know, bunting with two strikes or whatever the stuff that's been going on to try to win games, those guys need to go almost get a little selfish at the plate. Like, dude, you got to go find your swing. If we need you to sit down and watch Bagger Vance, we can do that. You lost your swing and you got to go find your swing because if you don't find it, you're out. And and that's that's just, that's the facts for both those guys. Yeah, no, I I know. I was just curious if maybe there was some, because sometimes there is coded messages that people throw out there and it's more, you know, it has an internal feel that maybe we just don't see. Uh, Before you move on to like Mike Yastrzemski and Wade and some of those guys, 
did you see the news about Brandon Belt over the weekend with the sure. knee? You know, uh, yeah, absolutely. Sad. I mean, it, look, we're we're at a spot where um, Giants fans can almost, I think, be comfortable with their fear, which is the Giants believing in Belt's body again, because no one's going to give this guy a major league deal next year. You don't think? Nobody. Nobody. I don't even know if the body will respond and be ready to try to play. But if it is, wherever he goes, it's a minor league deal. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants were the team to give him the minor league deal. But that means it's going to be cheap. It's going to be easy to get out of if something goes sideways. And so I don't know. But it it feels to me uh, kind of hard to believe that, that Belt's career is going to continue. Yeah, um, but but if it if it does, it's going to happen in a low risk sort of a way wherever it is, and so no one's got to worry about investing in Brandon Belt anymore. You know, I do hope that he's going to have surgery. The season's more than likely over. I, I do hope he does get one opportunity to put the jersey on. Just go out to first base and remove him before the game even starts. Like, give Giants fans an opportunity to give him a clap because. It's one thing I think about with Matt Cain and Tim Lincecum and some of these legends, they didn't get to go away on their own terms and have that final kind of curtain call. I, I, I think and I'm hoping that they'll do something for Belt, but I don't know. Maybe that seems unlikely. No, I, I'm with you. I hope so. Like, I got into the battle a few weeks ago by calling him a great giant and a bunch of people were like, hey, he's kind of a good giant. Like, wait. And it's like we've been so busy for the last 10 years with the Belt Wars that that we've probably never stopped and just given him a round of applause. Agreed. Which, whether he was good or great, doesn't matter. Like, he had a decade where he's the first baseman of the Giants and they won two rings. I, like, that's got to be worth a whole hell of a lot. Um, and he's also got a really kind of quirky personality. He gave us some laughs at times. I do think he's going to be one of those guys. I don't see him as a media guy, um, but I do think in retirement – uh, that that's someone the Giants fans will love a lot more than they loved him uh, when he was a player. I'm kind of with you. And I never was the, you know, Brandon Belt's one of the best players on the Giants guys. But if you take a step back since 58, that's when this team's been here in San Francisco, whether you got him four, whether you got him five, six, he's one of the six best first basemen this organization has seen since 1958. So you got to understand someone's place in the hierarchy of this team. And you have to acknowledge the years that he's had. And it coincided with the most wins actually in the playoffs that this organization's ever had. And he was a big part of that. So yeah, it's no. just, I was feeling a certain way when I, cause I, you know, oh, belt bell, I've been riding the guy forever. And then I saw the news that he's going to have the knee injury. And this whole year after seeing him walk to the bat uh, the other day, I'm like, dude, his body is just shot. And I just – I feel empathy for the guy. I think that's all really, really well said. It's all going to circle back to Bochy offering him a beer. Yes. And I think that that's what people yes. – that kind of stuff, the Washington home run, uh, the season he had last year, I think people are all going to remember that uh, once, uh, once this thing is done. So we'll see where that goes next year. Speaking of next year – Let's hop into that a little bit right here on Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. Mark Willard, Joe Shasky, with you twice a week. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. You brought up Lamont Wade. I, I, I sort of looped in Mike Stremsky. We've got exclusive audio from Yaz as well, who has really, and I mean, the struggle is just not the word. Like, it has been so 
epically rough for Mike, yet still has a 1.3 overall war and Farhan Zaidi's backing. Like he came out last week and said, yes, is going to be on this team next year. And people went, oh God, here we go. I already said, I got no problem if they're competing for a spot. I just don't want it in ink. Um, But, but interesting stuff that he had to say, Um, let's start with clubhouse morale and where that sits based on everything they've been through and, 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 you know, he at the front of the line. I think it's as good as it can be. You know, when you're not playing well, obviously guys feel that, but I think we're pretty upbeat and lively and going to pull for each other for this last month and hope that, you know, we can just play good baseball and have a lot of fun doing it. All right. So, um, you know, we heard so much last year about the clubhouse dynamic and how good it was. We've heard a lot less about that this year. Maybe that's just because people aren't asking as much because they don't have nearly as many wins. Um, Or I think we've all at least wondered, if not heard, that it it isn't as good this year Um, in the clubhouse, in the front office, all of that. So um, at the core, you still want the players to be on the same page. And so at least it's good to hear that come out of his mouth. You know what's interesting? I've long asked this question across sports. Can a bad team have great chemistry? Like, is, is that possible? And I've been on some bad teams, not that I'm a professional at any level, and you can't have great chemistry. But we don't want to talk about it because everyone's soul-searching and frustrated and pissed off in the moment. That doesn't mean these guys aren't getting along and that they're working hard. It just feels like, to me, the rah-rah stories only come out when the team's doing well because it's other – hey, we, we can't quantify why they're all performing the way they are. It's got to be this intangible of chemistry. Well, I also wonder if chemistry is just hard for us to define. It's not as simple as like, yeah, we all get along. We all like each other. Well, great. That I, th- does that, how, how far does that go? Yeah. Uh, Kirk Casale made a really interesting comment up in Seattle uh, earlier this week, which sort of insinuated, and I'll paraphrase it, but he sort of insinuated how refreshing it was to have a youthful exuberance in the clubhouse. And you know, the Mariners – they're now all based around Julio Rodriguez. They've got some young, exciting players. And so I think that's at the core of yeah. all of this. You've got a bunch of guys on the Giants who are either underperforming or they're in pain. Yeah. And that's, they're, all, they're all in their 30s and they're in pain, yeah. whether it's mental or physical. And that sucks. And you can see it. You can see it on their faces. You can see it on the scoreboard. You can see it everywhere. So – I think chemistry is something we start talking about. It's not that it can't exist, but it doesn't really show itself and it doesn't matter until that team that works well together starts winning. Well, I do think that you can forge certain identities in a lost season because that's what it feels like. It feels like a lost season. But that's how Brian Wilson emerged. You know what I mean? That's how Matt Cain and Tim Lincecum emerged. These, you, you got these guys, these fiery dudes who were kind of baptized by trial and error of some really hardship years. And I feel like Logan Webb and, and Estrada maybe, maybe, and Joey Bart maybe, and Camilo Duvall are being forged and their identities are popping during what feels like a lost year. So I – I don't know. I, when I watched them Friday night, when I watched them Saturday, I, I saw parts of the game today. They look like they're having fun. I mean, yeah. Alex Cobb was having a great time with an eight-run lead the other day. 
Yep, yep. Well, and they've also called up a bunch of youngsters, so maybe there's a youthful exuberance in the clubhouse all of a sudden. Um, All right, a couple more from Yaz. First, talking about um, sort of as he's gone through his struggles, um, you know, how he's dealt with that and and, and how he feels about all of that. I say I'm just proud of how I've been kind of just sticking with it. You know, it's hard to it's hard to keep going when things are kind of beating you down and personally just not going your way. And I feel like I've kind of stuck it out and focused on the big picture. And so and that's something that I can definitely hang my hat on is that I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep trying, trying to get better every day and trying to help this team win. And even if I haven't done a great job of that, um, it's not for a lack of effort. It's definitely, uh, I care a lot about this team and this organization. And I feel like I try to show that every day. Yeah, sometimes it's really hard for fans and a lot of them don't care, but it's hard for us to remember. Like I think of Tom Brady's press conference a week and a half ago when he's like, I'm 45. There's a lot of bleep going on. Now, Yaz is not 45, but he just had his first kid right before the season started. Um, You know, didn't get it. It wasn't not that long ago that I think it's only been a couple years, two, three years uh, since he uh, since he got married. You think about uh, what's happened is his, in his life over the last three years when he was called up to the Giants and kind of popped a little bit and all of a sudden it was going to be a big league career and the trip to Boston and, you know, grandpa and all the things we know about Mike Yastrzemski. Um, I do think that, that I, I take what he just said right there at face value, which is if this guy still has a future as an outfielder for the Giants, I mean, you're going to see somebody whose head is super screwed on straight, does not take anything for granted. And so we're going to get his best shot over the next month and in spring next year and see where it goes. I want Mike Yastrzemski to be that defensive sub late in games, that fourth outfielder. If that's his role next year, he'd be killer at that. And then it just feels like to me this year, his defense has been really good. A couple suspect plays, but for the most part, really, really, really good. He's had about five different web gems chasing balls down in the alley. Offensively, he's had long stretches where he's just looked completely lost. And I would love for him to be able to have a couple of days off, sit on the bench, pick and choose his spots. I think in that type of a situation, I think we get a way better version of Mike Yastrzemski than what we're seeing this year. I'm with you somewhere along the road, even in the platoon world, probably because his splits are not that bad. Yaz became the everyday player in the outfield. Yes. I don't think that's his role. Um, If Yaz is coming off the bench, if he's a defensive replacement, if he's a pinch hitter, um, if he is a spot starter, um, you know, guys who he has success against, start against them. I definitely think that can still be a role for, for Yaz on this team. If he on some level can figure out what's going on. And the thing that I keep every at bat he has, it feels like I keep coming back to, he's trying to break out of a slump with every swing. And it's just, it's just how you dig a deeper hole. And I just, I feel for the guy, the weight of the season has just collapsed his shoulders at the plate. And it just stinks because I'm rooting for the guy. The weight of the season. I'm glad you just said that because of all the things that he said, this might have been the most interesting. Listen to the way he ties last year into this comment. 
we're not winning games like we were last year is the the clear difference but I think there's just been some pressure that we've put on ourselves to try and replicate last year when all we had to do was play our own game this year and I don't think we allowed ourselves to do that for a long period of time just being focused on you know what is the difference you know I think that's been the big distraction is you know whether it comes from us or from external forces or external you know maybe fans media you know even just you know some of the guys that are on different teams that are asking us the same questions and I think that was a big distraction for us this year was trying to focus on the difference between this year and last year when we should have just been focused on what can we do this year to be the best that we can be my man I had a lot of fun last year I don't know about you I had a lot of fun last year but I have spent a lot of time this year noticing things that are happening now that are not good because of those 107 wins. Let me give you a list just off the top of my head. Sure. The expectations from the fans and media out of whack. Um, I thought this would be a good team. I, I think 107, even 100, even 95 was, was probably a ridiculous thing to ask. Um, that has not been good for this organization. But I also think it goes – it goes way deeper than that uh, when you look at, at the fallout of last year because I also think that from Farhan Zaidi to Scott Harris to Gabe Kapler, at times they probably fell in love with their own press clippings and it made them think that their stopgap measures, which are really good, they think they work better than they do. So – they did an unbelievable job in a rebuild year of being like, watch this. Don't worry about these things that we're building over here on the side. Just focus right here. And all of these things that they did from a platoon system and Gabe Kapler with 28 coaches and all of this stuff that they did, and it all appeared to work. And so they came back in the offseason lacking urgency. to get better because they thought their stopgap measures would work again and they didn't. And I directly link that to 107 wins. The stopgap thing is very interesting because now I'm thinking about when you put a spare tire on that's smaller than the rest of the tires that you have on, it's good to go from like the side of the road back to your house, but you don't want to be driving around all day on it. And that's not what it's meant for. And that's what it feels like a lot of the platooning is. I just found it very interesting that a player would be so open to this and and say, like, you know, these pressures got to us. We were trying to replicate. I mean, the way he said it, replicate last year. I don't know. It's just I'm surprised that he would acknowledge that, and I'm surprised that that is the reality. Like, it's one thing to say, hey, you underperform as a – we were trying to replicate what we did last year. I mean, that's literally what he said. Yeah, it's a label, man. It's a label yeah. that has followed them, especially because it didn't go anywhere in the playoffs. It was like, all right, we got to we gotta go do this again. And there's the Dodgers and the Padres. And sure, we lost Buster, but we're going to go employ the same strategy. And, um, and if it doesn't work, I mean, it sort of does feel like a house of cards. Yeah. I mean, go person by person. And, and if, if, if this year doesn't work, all of a sudden, everything you've known to be true, you question it. So now, does Yaz have a job? Does Wade have a job? 
Um, is Gabe know. Kapler the right manager? Is Farhan Zadi the right head of baseball ops? None of these things were like even a glint in anyone's eye at the beginning of this year. And now all of the, they all are. And, and, and that's because it didn't happen again. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And, and I think about the kid who was on the mound when they lost at game five against the Dodgers, Camilo Duvall, he's had ups and downs and he's trying to replicate what he did in that final month or so when he got called up. And you're seeing the growing pains in real time. Although I love that at bat with Schwarber on Saturday, just the battling back and forth. And he's shown a lot of moxie. I was hoping, could he get 30 saves, you know, 35 saves? He's at 19 right now. Yeah. It's still been a great year. Like I, but, but again, it doesn't replicate what the bullpen as a whole did last year because Rogers isn't the same. McGee's not here. Garcia's not performing. Like, go right down the list, and you're like, okay, I feel really good about Duvall, but these other seven things haven't gone well in the bullpen, and hence the net negative. Yep, yep, and they're all question marks now. Um, all right, here we go. Dodgers again. Uh, this will be oh, yeah. interesting. And then – our next episode should be a fun one. We're going to do a combo episode, a crossover, if you will, just like we do at 95.7 The Game, a little crossover with our friends at AM670 The Score in Chicago who have their Cubs podcast, and we'll get you ready for a fun series, maybe not a dramatic one, but a fun series at Wrigley Field, which, by the way, I will attend Saturday's game at Wrigley Field because this is the big Chicago combo trip that everybody talked about when the 49ers schedule came out, Wrigley Saturday, Soldier Sunday, I'm doing it. Let's go. I'm so jealous. God, I'm so jealous. It's going to be good, man. Oh, it's my gonna God. That's going to be by, awesome. I've, by the way. I've never been to Wrigley. Oh, gosh. I've only been I've once. Been but it's, I've never been to Wrigley. It's fantastic. I it's can't fantastic. Wait. It feels like when you walk on the concourse to get food, it feels like you're at a farmer's market. There's like a <laughs> roof. If you're 6'2", like I am, the roof is like two inches above your head. Like it's still, it feels so old still, oh, but it. so charming. I love it. Um, yeah, man. I, I will be Very sure cool. at the, uh, you know, at the end of next weekend, I'll uh, I'll re- hopefully report back with some fun stories. But, uh, but here we go. Dodgers and Cubs week. And let's see if they can keep building on everything they just did this weekend. Beautiful. Yep. There it is. For Joe Shasky, Mark Willard. Garlic Fries and Baseball, guys. We hope you subscribe. Don't miss an episode, including our next big one coming up as we get ready for the Cubs series this weekend. That's coming up right around the bend.